If you don't tell me your name, I'm gonna have to make one up. It's Uhura. Uhura? No way. That's a name I was gonna make up for you. We've received a distress call. All cadets report for duty. So what kind of combat training do you have? Fencing. Good luck. This is your day of reckoning. It's not a rescue mission, it's an attack. Either we're going down... ...or they are. Rated PG-13. Ah, seeing that trailer just makes me want to go out and see Star Trek all over again. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is Rico, and this is podcast 231 for Treks in Sci-Fi. Today is June the 14th. My gosh, it's already June 14th, 2009. I'm going to have a, a usual type of Treks in Sci-Fi for you. going to look at the Enterprise episode a Night in Sick Bay from the second season of that series. We'll talk about some general sci-fi and Trek news and information like we usually do. Probably have a collectible later on the show. Uh, I think I'm going to cover Enterprise, do the full episode treatment, uh, play the episode, comment on it as we go. Uh, it's a little bit easier for me, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy that uh, for this week. I think this is a fun episode to listen to and uh, to see again, and or at least to listen in your case. And uh, but if you're a member of the forum, it's up in the Flash player there for the next, uh, you know, the last few days in the next week or so. So check that out uh, over at treksinsci-fi.com. Emotions, exciting and We're assaulting you Emotion Life's newest reward Have some chicken with me In the captain's room The love ship Soon we'll be setting their phasers on stun the love ship promises something for everyone. Set a course for deep space, your mind on a new felt glance. Hey, what about Pond Bar? Emotions won't hurt anymore. They're all open games. Space we explore. It's emotion. Welcome aboard. It's emotion. Well, again, welcome to the podcast, everyone. That is the uh, very excellent Rick Moyer singing that song, The Love Ship, which I thought uh, kind of suited today's uh, podcast. Uh, in the Enterprise episode we're going to be looking at uh, here in a little bit. A uh, uh, couple announcements and, and just general comments. First, I want to again thank Meds uh, for last week's excellent show podcast extravaganza on The Prisoner. Uh, I've been a big fan of that series for quite a long time, and it was just really suitable and appropriate that Meds, uh, a Brit, should take on a, a classic sci-fi British TV show uh, that just is is really amazing, and I was a little bit, well, maybe not too surprised, but uh, there are 
quite a few people out there, I think, that were not really that familiar with this series. So, you know, one of the points always has been about uh, this podcast, besides covering Trek and and things like that, would or is to bring out uh, maybe some uh, old sci-fi and movies and TV things that people are unaware of or maybe haven't really paid much attention to because they were from several years ago or, I don't know, they never got around to watching it, whatever the reason. But, you know, these days with streaming video and Netflix and, and Blockbuster, just all kinds of ways to, to see this content and DVDs, and it's just really, uh, the, you know, it's unimaginable these days that this stuff is not all out on DVD already, although there are still some shows. One of the reasons I have this uh, website that I made uh, not too long back called geekplay.tv, you can find that over at, obviously, that URL, geekplay.tv, uh, was to put up a few old uh, cult shows that are not out on DVD, things like uh, Misfits of Science I'm starting to put up, Tales of the Gold Monkey, Man from Atlantis, uh, those kind of shows. But uh, The Prisoner is out, and uh, you all, all, if you haven't never seen it, or maybe you've only seen it a long time ago, you definitely owe it to yourself to uh, to watch it and check it out. You know, it's a fairly short series. It only lasted a season. I think it's 17 episodes, 16 episodes in total. Uh, I think there's sort of an odd, that, that that series had sort of an odd situation with the number of episodes, uh, one that wasn't shown a lot, if I remember right. Anyway, uh, check it out. Uh, again, thanks, Meds, for your great podcast from last week. I want to thank uh, those that have donated to the podcast lately, uh, subscription payments and just some one-time donations. Those are always appreciated. There are donation links on the main treksinsci-fi.com webpage. Uh, it, uh, it's pretty simple to do. Just go over there and click on it, and uh, it goes to PayPal and all that good stuff. So that's very appreciated. I also want to mention a few things about uh, some of the other website work I've been doing. Uh, again, the website is set up to uh, sort of create other websites as a little side business is over at RadVisions. Those are my initials, radvisions.com. Check that out. If you need a little website built, I'd be glad to help you with that. Uh, also, we still have the uh, little job uh, webcomic going uh, three times a week called uh, jobforahero.com. You can see that over there. Uh, having a lot of fun with that. Still looking for a job. Uh, had a couple interesting calls this past week. Uh, one was uh, for a position, a job in the Pennsylvania area. One was in the South Carolina area. So uh, maybe something will happen. Maybe Rico and family will be moving sometime in the future. I don't know. Uh, Michigan, obviously, is having a rough time. It's um, There are jobs here, but uh, it just seems to be slow for people to get back and respond and, and do some hiring. So I don't know what's going on uh, or what will happen there. But uh, still actively looking for work, uh, and uh, that uh, keeps me fairly busy. But, you know, still doing things on the web and uh, all kinds of fun there. And Geek Play <laughs> needs some more tea. Uh, it's early on Sunday. What do you What do you want? What do you want? Come on. <laughs> Geekplay.tv. I also put some screen caps uh, besides some old videos of episodes uh, from old cult shows. I'm starting a little screen capture gallery there. Started with the Big Bang Theory. Uh, not really an older show, but one I enjoy a lot and uh, have some good high-def versions of that online uh, that I've found. So I'm making some captures from that show. So go over to geekplay.tv and check that out. So, And all these sites and, and URLs and all this stuff is all hubbed and listed and, and uh, 
integrated into the treksinsci-fi.com website. So, all right, that's enough plugs for Rico. Let's get on a little bit more with the regular show. What's going on with the latest Star Trek movie? Let's find out. I think I maybe neglected to say earlier, but Rick Moyer, who did the music there at the beginning and those little uh, bumpers during the show uh, most of the time that you hear, uh, you can find his stuff, his parodies over at ChristRocks.com forward slash parody, I believe, still. And uh, he also has the excellent podcast going over at TakeHimWithYou.com. So check both those sites out for Rick's stuff. Uh, the Star Trek movie, yeah, it's still going. You know, they're it's still making money. I think it's it's definitely past 300 million worldwide. Uh, it's still showing in in all the theaters over where I live in this area. I'd still like to go one more time. It uh, is a lot of fun to see this movie. I think a few times, and most of the people I know that have seen it multiple times are enjoying it. It's got that. I don't know. There's something. Some movies you can see, uh, you know, over and over several times and you enjoy them each time and it doesn't really wear out or whatever. And uh, there's just a lot of fun stuff in this movie, I think, and a lot of good action and adventure that it, it does make seeing it. Uh, it's not like kind of a, a simple drama, you know, that you'll watch once and it's not really all that interesting maybe once you've seen the story uh, unfold to see it again. But uh, Star Trek is definitely worth seeing a few times and... Uh, Although in, in IMAX, I still wasn't all that thrilled with it. but uh, And lots of stuff coming out collectible-wise. I'm still working on all these little serial things they're doing. You know, they've got all these little uh, badges you can pick up in the Kellogg cereal. There's also a whole new line of uh, action figures coming out. You know, they've got some out and some uh, the bridge set and the Enterprise from the movie uh, out by Playmates. But there is a new wave of figures that will be coming out later uh, over at trekmovie.com. I think it was just today or maybe yesterday that they put up a nice little spread and story on some new figures from the film that they're doing uh, in multiple sizes. You know, like the little six-inch size, I think. Are they six or or smaller? No, I think they got the like three and three-quarter or four-inch size figures. And then they also have the 12-inch line as well going and and just – you know, probably more collectibles from this Star Trek movie than I've seen in, in quite a long time. Uh, and Playmates is is really behind the uh, the whole thing. And fortunately for them, the the movie is doing well. So I think that will lend uh, to the collectors out there who want to pick up this stuff. I haven't picked up a lot really. Props. I, I got the three, the communicator, tricorder, phaser. I'd like to get the Enterprise. I just haven't had a chance to pick it up yet. Uh, the Playmates version, uh, it looks uh, it looks pretty good, and I don't think it's super expensive, so that's kind of good these days for me. But, uh, yeah, check it out, and uh, lots to, uh, to see still for the movie. Uh, lots of stuff online. Star Trek seems to be just, you know, everywhere right now, and uh, it's going strong, so that's great. And they're doing a little bit of talking about the next film. Uh, it's still, I think, two years away is what they're projecting. So what would that be? 2011, maybe filming sometime next spring, summer. Nothing much uh, definite announced. I, th- I really do think that uh, the, uh, you know, the behind-the-scenes people, I even think maybe J.J. Abrams might direct it again. I, I It wouldn't surprise me. He seemed to really have a good time with this and I, I think did an excellent job, most people think, so... I mean, why would they really want to go with someone else? The only thing I think that could 
conflict with that if J.J. has another project uh, that conflicts with their timing and they want to get Star Trek out. I'm sure he'll still be heavily involved one way or the other. And, of course, all the cast is definitely signed and will be back for the next one. So uh, lots of good things to uh, look forward to in the Star Trek movie world. It's been called the best sci-fi fandom documentary since Trekkies. Four stars, says Brian Orndorff of DVDTalk.com. Custom, gaming, comics, collecting, and everything else in between. If you're a fanboy, you've gotta see Penguins. The geeks shall inherit the Earth. Well, there's still the stereotype out there that we're a bunch of geeks who live in our parents' basements. 35-year-old living in the mom's basement, yes. Uh, that's the typical stereotype. I'm in my mid-30s and I still read comics and I tell people that I read comics and they look at me sideways. You know, I don't volunteer that I played me because, you know, people do sometimes look at you like, hmm. Today I'm dressed up as a Jedi Knight. Jedi Knights are the uh, guardians of peace and justice and uh, in a time like this I think we need uh, more of them. A lot of us are geeks who live in our parents' basements, but, you know, we're harmless. We don't walk around with uh, propellers on top of our hats. It's not really anything to be ashamed about. Yes, I make lightsabers in my basement. I don't care who knows. We do it because we like it, not as much as because somebody else likes it. If they want to have fun, dress up as a Klingon, why not? You, know? you may think I'm a geek or a loser, but I'm having fun at it. It's, it's what makes me happy, and I, you know, I, I could be spending my money on crack. Ordinary, common, average, run-in-the-mill, these are synonyms for, for normal. Who the hell wants to be average? I know that I'm a loser, I know that I'm a geek, but it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, promo there is uh, from uh, a friend of Jedi Jeff. Uh, His name uh, is Jason Hone. I think that's how you say it, H-O-E-H-N. Jason's uh, created this cool fandom documentary called Peg Warmers. You can learn more about it over at pegwarmers.tv. And that's just a little preview. I'm going to be talking to Jason this uh, coming week, and uh, that interview will be part of next week's special podcast about uh, fandom in general, and not just Trek, but you know all kinds of fandom uh, that's out there. And there sure is a ton of it these days. People that uh, you know are into comics, uh, role playing, you know, costuming, just going to cons, building lightsabers in their basement, uh, you know, just all kinds of different avenues for their. Um, expressions and things that they like to do and you know again something about treks and sci-fi that i think has always been the case is that uh you know we're kind of geeks but uh we also have uh quote-unquote real lives uh, too (laughs) for the most part so uh i i'm really looking forward to doing next week's uh show on fandom and talking to jason more about peg warmers Okay, two things to mention, uh, sort of not exactly sci-fi related, but I wanted to pass on. I I did see last weekend the new uh, movie out, uh, well, not that uh, newly out, it's been out about a month now, came out just a little after Star Trek, Angels and Demons, uh, the Dan Brown uh, novel turned into movie, you know, he wrote The Da Vinci Code, they made that into a movie, now Angels and Demons, and uh, I quite enjoyed this movie, I quite enjoyed this movie, what am I, I'm talking like some kind of 
I don't. <laughs> um, I feel a little silly today. I think, as everyone can tell. But uh, this movie was good. I, this book, I really love this book. If you haven't read uh, Angels and Demons, uh, and maybe for some reason the Da Vinci Code didn't thrill you, even if you did read it or didn't read it, you should really pick this one up. It, it, it's just a lot of fun to read. I remember reading this on an airplane ride. Uh, I think when I went to Germany one time, and I just sort of devoured this book. I mean, it was like I wanted the plane ride to just keep going uh, so I could finish it. It it was just great. Uh, It's a real, as they say, page-turner. And the movie is good, too. They they changed a few just little things in it, but it's very well done. It's uh, directed by uh, Ron Howard, uh, who also directed, I believe, The Da Vinci Code. Uh, Tom Hanks is back in the role of Robert Langdon. Uh, And uh, the, the cool thing about this film and the story is it's it's all set around Rome and the Vatican, and you get to see a lot of really cool things that I, a lot of stuff I don't think that's really been filmed that much before. They got a lot of access to to areas that are are generally not allowed to even movie makers. So uh, so go see Angels and Demons. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's a lot of fun to to see this on the big screen, and I think they did a great job. Uh, also uh, on the TV scene, I I've really been getting into the TV show. And it's a little dark, uh, but I've been really getting into the TV show Dexter. Uh, I finally finished up season one of that. I know I'm way behind on this series, and I'm going to be starting to watch season two. uh, And they've got, I think, three whole seasons out, although the seasons are only like 12 episodes each, so that's not too bad. But this is an amazingly cool show. Like I said, it's a little dark, a little creepy in a way. I don't want to say too much, uh, but uh, if, uh, you know, read about it online, you can hear about what the show is about. Well, he's basically, uh, he, he works for the police department. Uh, he's like a blood splatter expert, uh, you know, at crime scenes and things. But he has sort of an alter ego, alter ego. <laughs> there I go again. He has an alter ego. He is also, uh, frankly, he's a serial killer who, um, unfortunately, or not, not unfortunately, sorry, Fortunately, sort of has a code uh, to, to the. He kind of basically only gets rid of bad guys, at least. So, th- that's the show in a nutshell. And I know it sounds a little strange. And when I first heard about it, I thought, you know, it seemed a little odd too. But uh, you know, the acting and, and and the main guy who who's in this, and I forget the actor's name. Um, he's been in a couple of other cable TV shows. Uh, he he just really does a good job. I I, I love his expressions and the way he acts on this show. So, Dexter, check that out if you haven't. And another uh, cable series that's coming back that's a little bit more uh, uh, sci-fi slash fantasy, a vampire show called True Blood comes back for season two tonight. Uh, That's on HBO. So uh, if you've got that, check that out. Uh, uh, It's really well done. I I enjoyed season one of that as well. So uh, that's it for the blood and gore segment of Treks in Sci-Fi this week. I think I'm going to just play another little uh, promo for one of the friends of the podcast, and then we're going to get into the Enterprise episode, A Night in Sick Bay. I'm a television junkie, and the real world stumps me. I got a lot of problems, why don't somebody solve them? Hello, this is Jen from the Anomaly Podcast. My co-host and I are two friends who've decided that our feminine perspectives should be set upon the male-dominated geek cast masses like a swarm of escaped nanites infecting an unsuspecting computer core. 
We named our podcast Anomaly because it's a popular technobabble term that also describes the socially functional fangirl. That's right, we're anomalies. We can geek it up with the nerdiest nerd and skillfully blend into the non-geek crowd without notice. This rare skill is one of our genuine superpowers. See our website for preferred supernatural abilities. This month's installment of Anomaly will feature a Mystery Science Theater 3000-style review of the Star Wars Holiday Special, Pure Torture, with two of our friends, Casey and Gerald. Our conversation regarding the steaming pile of Life Day Poodoo is now on iTunes, along with 16 other episodes. Or you can visit our website, AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. Happy Life Day! Yeah, that is Jen from the forums, a uh, regular Trexin sci-fi friend and contributor for a long time now. And that uh, promo is uh, from a little while ago, but again, I, I urge everyone to check out, if you haven't yet, uh, the Anomaly podcast uh, with uh, Jen and Angela. They always have some very cool and interesting geek girl commentary going on over there at their website at AnomalyPodcast.com. And now, the Enterprise episode, A Night in Sick Bay. Okay, here we go with the episode. Starfleet didn't send us out here to humiliate ourselves. Now we're in the decon chamber Hello, with uh, Captain Robin? Archer, T'Pol, and Hoshi, along Five with Porthos. Exactly Apologizing, asking forgiveness, just because we ate lunch in front of them on our own ship months ago. I call that groveling. They were offended. The Kurtassins manufacture plasma injectors. We need one. So we spend six days groveling. Five days. And when they finally agree to talk to us, we go down. Oh, Porthos, getting all the little decon gel they keep all us over waiting for... for 12 hours and then send us packing. No explanation, no plasma injector. Just leave. Go back to your ship. We obviously offended them again. Maybe my hair's parted on the wrong side. I'm exhausted and I've had it with these people. Go ahead. The three of you are clear to go, but I'm afraid I'll need to keep Porthos for a while. What's the problem? He picked up a pathogen of some kind on the surface. Neither decon agent has been effective. What are you going to do? I'm not sure yet. I'll let you know as soon as I've run some tests. kind of like the fact that Enterprise dealt a little bit more with Feel going to alien you know, planets and cultures and, you know, the, the idea that they, they might pick up some kind of little bug or something. They got away with uh, getting rid of Sorry, the, fella. more with um, the other series because of using the transporter. You know, they would um, transport and there was all kinds of protection and buffers in there, but they used shuttles a lot more on Enterprise, so I think that led them to think they needed to uh, do this little decon thing. Plus, a lot of people out there would say... All the scenes in the sort of blue-tinted uh, decon room were just excuses for a little uh, TNA on uh, TV with Enterprise. And, yeah, there's a little bit of that going on there, definitely. Uh, but uh, I, I like the fact that, again, they at least took a chance here and, and dealt with, you know, that the, all these alien planets would probably have things that they uh, could bother their, uh, you know, their biology and that. And, it wasn't just like walking out into a new, uh, you know, field somewhere and not getting bothered. And then, of course, now we have the theme song, 
the, uh, I think Russell Watson again is the guy singing this. The controversial uh, musical uh, song rather than just uh, music itself for the beginning of Enterprise. And I've talked about this several times covering the uh, Enterprise episodes, but uh, this is something that really grew on me over the years watching the show. Uh, it was a little disconcerting at first, I'll admit, but uh, I really became uh, to enjoy and really uh, like this song quite a bit and like what it sort of stood for and, and means. So uh, I am uh, definitely a fan of the theme song to this series now. And created and produced by Rick Berman and Bronin Braga, which actually they both wrote this episode of Night in Sick Bay. This is from season two, which it was first aired in the fall of 2002. Time before this injector gives up the ghost. You've got four more. The ship can run on four. Yeah, but it can't run on three. You know what happens at warp speed when you've only got three plasma injectors online. What are the odds of us losing another one before we find a replacement? I'm not comfortable with four, Captain. We need five. What the hell happened down there anyway? Paul thinks we think something that critical, again. they you know keep some How? spares aboard or something. But uh, I guess that sets up certain that. plot points. I was points. a perfect gentleman. We're gonna have to go somewhere else to find you your injector trip. These people are impossible. Their components are metallurgically sound, dependable. Well, we could look for six months and not find anything half as compatible. Well, you're a trained diplomat. Take the high road. There's gotta be some way you can kiss and make up. I'll have to Paul see if she can find out what we did. But I'm not promising anything. Archer was always a little more action-oriented and, and not as diplomatic as, uh, it's as right, like a Picard him. captain. We'll more of a Kirk-like guy. Did you run your tests? His autoimmune system is collapsing. I've isolated the pathogen, broken down its protein sequence. I can't explain it, Captain. It shouldn't be affecting him like this. But it is. So what are you doing? Running more tests. I'm sure I'll come up with something. How sure? Could this be life-threatening? It's too early to tell. Didn't we send his genome to the Cretacens along with ours? I transmitted them myself before you left Enterprise. So shouldn't they have noticed there's a pathogen in their atmosphere that his immune system can't handle? They should have. Assuming they took the time to check. Ah, uh, don't mess I've with the captain's dog. Twice. Once for eating in front of them, the second time I don't even know what for. But if their carelessness has hurt Porthos, or God forbid ends up killing him, they're going to find out what being offended is all about. Orthos has no intention of giving up, and neither do I. No, oh, the little doggy. You hear that boy? Hmm? I don't know if I said, but I've watched Marley and Welcome Me not that you. long ago and uh, enjoyed it a lot. A little difficult to watch in some places, but uh, a very good Did movie you to them? see. Yes. Especially if you uh, love dogs like I do. I think we should discuss this in your right room.
Well? Do you recall the stand of trees outside the Hall of Diplomacy? What are you talking about? They're Elvira trees. Over 300 years. That's fascinating. Did you apologize for whatever we did wrong? Are we going to get our plasma injector? The Cretacians consider the Elvira trees cultural treasures. Apparently, Porthos urinated on one of them. And that's what they're insulted about? It is understandable. <laughs> well, maybe if they'd have bothered to read the genetic profile we sent, they'd have told us to leave the dog on the ship, and then he wouldn't have had an opportunity to pee on one of their precious trees. I conveyed your sincerest apologies to the Chancellor. They're discussing possible acts of contrition. Where the hell do you get off conveying my sincerest apologies? They're the ones who should be sorry. I don't need to remind you that Commander Tucker is relying on us. There are some things more important than plasma injectors. Are you referring to your pride? I'll tell you one thing, Sub-Commander. If anything happens to Porthos, I'll be the one watering their Alvira trees. <laughs> A lot more, uh, you know, just gritty and, and, and real and, and things like that in this episode, I think. And then, I think that's one of the reasons I picked it and, and enjoy watching it. Uh, you know, Enterprise always seemed to try to keep their, their characters and the crew a lot more like, I think, 20th or 21st century people are. And I, I think that's one of the real strengths of the series in general. And uh, maybe one of the reasons why maybe people didn't catch on to it as well because it was a little more different they weren't quite like the the if next generation man, of voyager crew they were a little more up. uh down and I dirty i guess up if i slept here tonight that is if so it's now all archer's here. down in sick bay and he kind of wants to, to hang out and, and sleep there to uh, keep an eye well, on well then Porthos. maybe it'll cheer me up be my guest take a pick how's Porthos doing my submammalian database contains no pertinent files on bugles, but um, there's sufficient information on similar chordata. Beagles? Yes. Let me ask you a question, Doc. Just out of curiosity, are there any dogs on your home world? The Denobulan lemur is uh, highly sought after. It's not exactly a dog, but you could say it's dog-like. It has tail, fur, most have one head. <laughs> Did your medical training include any... Captain, please. You needn't be concerned. I hold six degrees in interspecies veterinary medicine. I thought you were just, you know, a people doctor. As a matter of fact, I've also earned degrees in dentistry, hematology, botanical pharmacology... I'm impressed. So, how's he doing? I believe I've eliminated the pathogen. The question is whether the treatment I've devised will stabilize his autoimmune system before... Uh... Before what? In a few hours, I'll have a more detailed prognosis. Before what, Doctor? There are many harmless strains of bacteria that can become lethal when the immune system is compromised. But it is too early to be thinking about that. Hmm? Now, we should both try to get a few hours of rest. If there are any changes in his vital signs, the alarms are quite loud. Good night. I think I read somewhere that... Uh, I would have brought you some cheese, but... 
two or three different Dr. dogs Fox for Morthos on Enterprise, and uh, they even had a had a dog that looked a lot like him at a convention I went to one time. You could, uh, I think they were taking like donations to the Humane Society. You could get your picture taken with a, a Porthos uh, a double or look-alike, uh, which I thought was kind of a neat thing to do and, and, and for a good cause as well. So now Archer's trying to get a little sleep here in sick bay with, uh, you know, not, not worry too much about his dog, which I can totally understand, uh, you know, pets i think for a lot of people become a, a pretty close member of the family and uh, you know when something is wrong with them it bothers you as well and now uh archer's some he hears some strange noise so he gets up and is looking around sick bay <laughs> and it's flocks he's got these Nasty, like doctor, are you all right? Nails that he's trimming. I'm sorry, Captain. Did I wake you? Just trimming my toenails. They grow quite rapidly. Have to keep them groomed at least once a week. Just wanted to be sure you're okay. Thanks for your concern. Good night. <laughs> John Billingsley, I, I thought his flocks was was a lot of fun, and uh, he had kind of an interesting part to play on Enterprise, and. Uh, just seemed to really enjoy the role quite a bit. And now he takes these toenail clippings and feeds them to another little animal in the uh, in a cage he's got. Uh, that was another thing they do, uh, did, did with this show was... Uh... <laughs> now he's like grooming his tongue. He's got this weird long tongue. It's... It's the fun thing about this episode, you know, you get to learn a little bit more about flocks and uh, and what goes on in sickbay. And, and you get away from the typical, like, just on the bridge and other things like that. I'm sorry, Captain. Did I wake you again? What the hell's going on? Feeding time. <laughs> uh, don't be greedy. How long was I asleep? Nearly an hour. Does this go on every night? Only when I'm here. They're uh, very demanding when they know I'm in sickbay. Great. Porthos? I'll uh, still need at least a couple of hours. Is he comfortable? He's fast asleep. I'm glad to see someone is. <laughs> I'll check back in a couple hours. Yeah, this, uh, again, I like the idea that Phlox has all these different little pets and animals, and sometimes he'll use them, you know, for different uh, help in his medical work and cures and things like that. Now Archer's just decided to kind of take a little walk, and he's down kind of in a gymnasium area with some treadmills. And this episode also, they flash the time several uh, bits during the episode. Now it's supposed to be like a little after midnight ship time, and he hops in there with Paul's on a treadmill. And he's going to do a little running as well. How's your dog? Nice of you to ask. We'll know in a couple of hours. Now they uh, each can kind of like keep turning up the speed of their treadmills, which 
I never even really knew, you know, aren't you supposed you to just kind of keep it at a fairly surface? steady pace and not, not do yet. that kind of thing on a treadmill? I, I don't know. I've never liked treadmills myself, but... They're not interested in punishing you. They only want an appropriate apology. I'm sorry. For what? Just practicing. <laughs> now T'Pol speeds her thing up again, and Archer does the same. And... You shouldn't have brought your dog on a diplomatic mission, especially considering we had previously offended the Kratasians. They knew we were bringing him. We even sent his genetic specs. They could have asked us to leave him behind. They didn't. Porthos has the right to a little fresh air. You're once again ignoring the consequences of your actions. What's that supposed to mean? You obviously place more importance on the quality of the air your pet breathes than on the quality of the plasma that drives your ship. What the hell does one have to do with the other? Isn't it logical I could care about my ship and my dog? I'm not questioning your pluralities. I'm questioning your priorities. I really thought you were beginning to understand something about human feelings. Not when it pertains to primitive quadrupeds who haven't developed the ability to speak or to use a toilet. <laughs> but you have Salots on Vulcan. Come on now. I obviously can't keep up with you. Tapal. We've just received a transmission from the Cretacens. It's their reconciliation demands. The captain's not going to believe this. You'd be surprised, Hoshi. Captain, I didn't... It's all right, Edson. We're on our way. Yeah, so now they're going to get to the list of things they need to do. Well, this isn't so bad. I was sure there'd be something in here about standing on one foot with my eyes shut reciting the night before Christmas. I'm going back to sick bay. See if I can get an hour's sleep before the doctor's results come through. Let me know if this fits with your definition of an appropriate apology. Do we have a chainsaw on board? I like how they don't exactly go into detail of what it says. They just sort of look at it and, you know, Archer chuckles a little bit about all the stuff and What's being a little it? sarcastic. He's gone into anaphylactic shock. His body's rejecting the treatment I selected. You said we'd know in a few hours if this would work. Exactly. It's not working. Is he going to die? Fill this with five cc's of tetrasol. It's the blue fluid. Second on the right, five cc's. Five cc's. Yeah, they've got him confined in this little, you know, decon-type chamber, keep him protected and everything, so everything has to be operated through little... I don't think so. ...hand, uh, gloved things. You asked me if he was going to die. Are you trying a different treatment? Mm. 
Let me guess, we'll know in a couple, couple of hours, yes. How are things progressing with the Cretassons? They've got a perfectly good plasma injector sitting on a shelf somewhere. But will they share with us? <laughs> Not until I make a fool of myself by going through a, some series of ritual apologies. The fact that Porthos is on death's doorstep doesn't seem to bother any of them. They're the ones who should be apologizing, not me. T'Pol thinks I care more about my dog than my ship. Isn't that delightful? What does T'Pol's opinion concern you? She's my science officer, my second in command. She should know more than anyone aboard how dedicated I am to this mission, to every member of my crew. You didn't uh, answer my question. Porthos has one paw in Beagle Heaven because these jerks didn't bother to look at his genetic profile. Am I supposed to ignore that? I would think you'd be more interested in uh, Commander Tucker's opinion. We've known him for many years, if I'm not mistaken. It would be nice to have all five plasma injectors working, but it's not essential. We can do fine with four. And the fifth one just started to act up. We might get another ten light years out of it. Have you considered that your anger may encompass more than just Porthos and the Cretassins? What? How long has it been since you were intimate with the woman? What? <laughs> How long has it been? I heard you. <laughs> I suppose you're going to tell me you have a degree in psychiatry, too. Absolutely. Yes, of course uh -uh. he does. No way. Not a chance. Porthos is the only patient you're treating right now. You got that? Let me know if there's any change. Ah, I like that. You know, Flox just kind of, you know, he's the doctor and doesn't really uh, have any uh, insecurities about asking the tough questions, of course. So, uh, and then that kind of sets the stage for some of the other things coming up in this episode now. It's interesting, too, to see this with, uh, it's one of the earlier episodes from early in season two, so. It isn't a requirement, it is simply a courtesy. Something your species doesn't seem to understand. I'll explain it to the captain immediately. You might also explain to your captain that it's been nearly three hours since he received our transmission. If he has the slightest hope of acquiring any technology from us, he'd be wise to pay us the courtesy of responding. I understand. I'll... That's, uh... I'll let him know. That's Vaughn... Armstrong there playing that uh, Cretassian captain. You'll recognize him and his voice. He plays uh, one of the admirals, uh, Admiral Forrest, I think, on Enterprise. Now there's this sort of like bat-like creature loose in sickbay. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, you know, Phlox has got this net and he's trying to catch it. And now uh, both of them are also on the prowl, and uh, Flox has got this little sort of cardboard bat trying to lure it around over to him, and then Archer has the net. It's kind of a blue uh, bat, uh, kind of big, really, and uh, now they're about to uh, try to go after it. Again, it's a lot of fun to see this episode with uh, them doing some things they don't normally get into on the show. <laughs> I 
shouldn't be that hard. You know, they almost look at me like, I don't know. <laughs> Thought you said your bat was supposed to be terrified of that thing. It should have been. Pyrithian moonhawks eat these bats. Oh. oh, I know I got the silhouette right. I mastered the call years ago. That stuff isn't poisonous, is it? Yeah, I'll be fine. What now? We need to find her before we can catch her. She'll stay up high. There's this little jar of goo that, that spilled onto flocks when they were there trying to catch the uh, creature. and He just takes a little taste of it. Ah, that's, no, I'll be fine. This is good stuff. Have you thought any more about why Paul's opinion is so important to you? It's 2.30 in the morning, and I'm hunting an escaped bat. That's all I'm thinking about right now, Doctor. Bat and Porthos. Sexual tension, Captain. There's no doubt in my mind. By the air duct. Do you see it? That's just the filter bracket. For the past few months, I've noticed increasing friction between you and the sub-commander. You must understand that I'm trained to observe these things. With all due respect to your training, you're <laughs> wrong. The pal and I have been getting along just fine, so let it alone. When one person believes their sexual attraction toward another is inappropriate, they often exhibit unexpected behavior such as inordinate anger toward uh, comparisons made between their ship and their beagle. <laughs> Listen, Doc. There's no sexual attraction. She's coming back down. Watch out for you. Don't let her in the corridor. Hey, are you all right? What are they trying to do to you? <laughs> no, she just walks in and just grabs it and catches it with her hand. The Cretacens called, sir. I think she used to, didn't she what feed for? his pets once, I think, They're in an episode or two, when he was gone? Transmission. It's the middle of the so. night. They also suggested that we should synchronize our time to their capital city. Did they? <laughs> it's not a requirement, sir, just a courtesy. Thank you, Ensign. How's Parthos? I'll let you know in a couple of hours. I like how he slowly, you know, in this episode okay? two Archer, uh, you Nothing know, he's new. pretty tired and getting kind of haggard, so he I gets a little less uh, patient and a little more upset as Thanks. time goes on. Unless you'd like to continue our discussion regarding Subcommander Paul. I think Scott Bakula is always one, one of my favorites here, and we are gathered here one of the things I enjoyed about Enterprise was his attitude and, and the way he commanded the ship and all. Faithful and kind now we're at some kind of funeral. A friend. A reigning funeral. Who would never hesitate to offer his paw in exchange for a simple smile or a slice of cheese. Supposed to be a funeral like for Porthos. This quadruped believed we should stand together, all for one, and one for all. When one person believes their sexual attraction toward another is now Tapal comes over near Archer at the funeral and kind of holds his hand. Unexpected behavior. And it, you know, it's a little odd. 
And now we're back to where they're showing us a scene back in the decon chamber with all of them in there with their good old decon gel going at it. And... Go ahead. Oshi, you and the dog are clear to go, but I'm afraid I'll need to keep the other two for a while. What's the problem? You both picked up a pathogen on the surface. We'll have to try another decon agent. So now, a different scene, like, from the okay. beginning. But uh, Hoshi picks up Porthos and leaves to Paul and Archer alone in the decon chamber with more gel. Couldn't they just spray that stuff on them? Like those tanning booths that they have? But, of course, that wouldn't be as much fun. And now uh, Archer looks over into Paul all of a sudden. Isn't even in her little blue outfit that they wear in there. You see her kind of bare back and... Tell me, Captain, have you thought any more about why DePaul's opinion is so important to you? And now you're starting to get the idea that this obviously is not really happening. How long has it been since you were intimate with a woman? And he just woke up in sickbay. It's pretty typical, you know, you're thinking about things and you have a dream about them. Porthos died. Let's hope your dream wasn't prophetic. Any indication on how your second treatment's doing? It doesn't appear to be doing very well. An old girlfriend's mother had this beagle I was crazy about. Even after her daughter and I broke up, we stayed in touch. When the dog got pregnant, I was the first one she called. Four males in the litter. Four musketeers. I've had Porthos since he was six weeks old. I grew up with dogs. Can't remember not having one. have any pets when you were a kid? My people don't uh, keep pets. I thought you said something about the Denobulan lemur being highly sought after. Oh, very much so. Their kidneys are considered a great delicacy. I thought you might be hungry. Oh, very kind. Was there something on their list about apologizing on a full stomach? You read the Kretessens document. Sorry. Sorry, I'm a little on edge. I haven't slept very much, but I'm doing the best I... the best I can. <laughs> mm. I understand. Ensign Sato and I have broken down the reconciliation demands in two specific categories, if you're interested in reviewing them. My only concern right now is Porthos. I'm sorry to have interrupted. No. No, it, it, it's okay. When you get back to the bridge, why don't you send me your lips? Lisp! List! 
Two Pelarian slips within 30 seconds. Interesting. What are you doing? My treatment was effective, at least partially. His immune system is stabilizing, but his pituitary gland was severely damaged. It's all but disintegrated. Bring me the small gray cage on the second shelf, the one with the blue top. What's in here? A Calrissian chameleon. Fill this for me. I'll need to alter its DNA to avoid rejection, but its pituitary gland should be compatible with your dogs. You're gonna perform a transplant from a lizard? Unless you have a better suggestion. It's a shame, actually. The chameleon secretes a rare toxin that's very useful in treating respiratory infections. She's the last one I have. What's the tank for? I'll need to superhydrate the canine in order to minimize the shock to his pulmonary system. You're gonna drown my dog? Only for an hour, Captain. There should be no problem resuscitating him once the surgery is complete. How many times have you done this before? Mm. <laughs> Never. Has anyone done this before? Not to my knowledge. You know, this isn't some guinea pig you're working on here. This is Porthos, my beagle, my pal. From what you're telling me, the closest thing your people have to pets are furry little things that go well with onions. Perhaps you're right, Captain. Perhaps I'm insensitive to the bond between you and your subservient quadruped. I'll leave the procedure up to you. But whatever your decision, make it quickly. Doesn't have a whole lot of choice, you know? Come on, figure that out. <clears throat> Just for the sake of argument, let's say that some of my anger toward Paul had a component of sexual tension to it. I'm now not saying it does, but big just tank for the sake here of with this, uh, yeah. you know, obviously what do you mean, yes? model of Orthos inside of it floating. What am I supposed to do about it? Am I supposed to ignore it? Am I supposed to say something to her? Neither. Neither. If you were ignoring it, you obviously wouldn't be seeking my opinion, especially under these circumstances. As for discussing it with the subcommander, that's entirely up to you, but I can't imagine an outcome that would do anything but uh, make matters worse. Pass me the auto-suture, please, the uh, yellow one. When will we know if the transplant's working? One step at a time. First, we need to resuscitate him. So I can't ignore it. I can't talk about it. What do you suggest I do? Be aware of it, Captain. Simply be aware of it. You'd be surprised what a difference that'll make. Lower the fluidic temperature 12 degrees. If Porthos pulls through, will he need a special diet or treatments? Having a chameleon's pituitary gland? You may have trouble finding him. He'll have the ability to blend into his background when frightened. You're kidding. <laughs> yes, I am. Does your expertise on sexual tension come from professional training or first-hand experience? I do have three wives. And they each have two husbands besides myself. Sounds very complicated. Very. Why else be polygamous? So, 
least three wives. Each have three husbands. A total of 720 relationships, 42 of which have uh, romantic possibilities. You told me you had five children. How many are there in this whole extended family? 31. That uh, last count. Oh, you must miss them. You've been away for over two years. I'm ready for the synaptic inductor, the small blue one. <clears throat> My children all left the nest years ago, Captain. I would have never guessed. You don't look that old. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. I have two daughters. I'm from safe, followed in my footsteps. One's a surgeon, the other's a biochemist. How about the other three? My eldest son's an artist, a potter, actually. He lives in the same town as his mother, creates beautiful things. And the other two? My two younger sons and I never saw eye to eye. I'm afraid we haven't spoken in uh, quite some time. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. It's perfectly all right. You ask me if I miss them. The answer is yes. Every one of them. The children, the wives, even the other husbands. But we Denobulans live a long time, Captain, and right now there's nowhere I'd rather be than serving with the interspecies medical exchange aboard this wonderful vessel of yours. Listen, Doc. However this turns out, I want to apologize for accusing you of being insensitive before. As I recall, you accused my entire species of being insensitive. Then I apologize to you and all your fellow Denobulans. Well, I can't speak for the others, but uh, on behalf of myself, I accept. And to think, DePaul told me you were incapable of apologizing. <laughs> so we get to learn a little bit more about Flocks and his all his wives and relations this way. And that comes out a few times in this uh, series, uh, especially one episode in particular. <laughs> this scene. <laughs> Archer is in this weird outfit with beads and a shirtless, and he's like sawing a, a piece of a tree off. You think trees being so sacred with them, he wouldn't be like cutting one up, but uh, I don't know, who knows. This outfit though, and the beads hanging off his hair, and the, the little tattoos that are on him, pretty, pretty crazy. Oh, he's looking at the pad again. He has to uh, put these uh, little pieces of wood uh, that he's carving off in a certain pattern. It's kind of interesting, though, at least, even though this is sort of almost a joke-looking uh, situation, but, you know, that these other cultures have these different ideas about... Uh, relationships and how to apologize and all that. Now we're back on Enterprise, Stop cruising Commander. along. 
Mr. Tucker reports that the new plasma injector is operating well within Starfleet parameters. Did he tell you they gave us two spares out of the kindness of their hearts? Evidently, the finesse you exhibited outside the Hall of Diplomacy was appreciated. Since I've been getting so much practice giving apologies, I thought I might give you one. That's not necessary. Yeah, it is. I've been under a lot of stress lately. Haven't gotten much sleep. My dog... There's no need to apologize. Whatever friction there's been between us, I'd like to try to minimize it. Friction is to be expected whenever people work in close quarters for extended periods of time. I guess that's always been true. Especially when the people are of the opposite sex. Then it's good that you're my superior officer, that we're not in a position to allow ourselves to become attracted to one another, hypothetically. If we were, the friction that you speak of could be much more problematic. <laughs> she just almost kind of grins when she said that in this uh, scene, which I thought was kind of funny. Apologies, Captain. Uh, I promise. I hear things went uh, very well on the surface. I doubt I would have even gone down there if it hadn't been for you, Doc. I owe you one. You'll be pleased to know that while you were gone, things went uh, very well up here, too. The transplant? Not the slightest sign of rejection. Can I see him? By all means. Soon can he leave? Now's as good a time as any. But he's unconscious. Nonsense. He's just asleep. Porthos. Oh. He's got a little band-aid on his head. Come on, boy. Yeah. Huh. We're going home. Sick bay's all yours. You're welcome back anytime, Captain. Now he gives him one of his big uh, Denobulan smiles when he says goodbye. So there we have A Night in Sick Bay, written by Berman and Braga. Season 2 Enterprise episode. Just a lot of fun. I just, lots of little things you get in that episode. You know, you get to learn about the characters and, and, you know, how Archer got his dog. It's just just a fun, fun show. And, uh, you know, there's a little drama in there, too, with with Porthos, uh, you know, getting that infection and picking up that pathogen and all. But overall, the episode is pretty light, and, and you just get to learn some things about the characters. So one of the things I liked about the show 
uh, and uh, made it fun for me was just the, the differences in the characters and their different personalities. So I'm going to take a short break and be back with a look at a collectible. Hey, Rico and Trex and Sci-Fi. This is Joe from Toronto, Billy Bob 476 from the forums, talking about the episode A Night in Sickbay. Uh, I really like this episode. There's actually very few episodes of Enterprise that I, I don't like. I've said it before, this uh, the series wasn't really given a fair shake by uh, both the network and viewers and Trek fans or whatever. Uh, and this episode in particular, I've talked about it in comments before, but this is another character episode, and I do quite enjoy character episodes. I know uh, I have a lot of friends, and a lot of people say, oh, uh, character episodes are stupid, nothing blows up, and there isn't enough action. I know a lot of people complained about that on uh, Galactica, where it became like a soap opera. However, I really like them. I like uh, learning about the characters and kind of learning about the way they are when they're not working and you know, doing their space exploration thing. And uh, this episode really, really humanizes Archer. I think he's an Archer overall is a, is a likable character. And this episode makes him even more likable. You know, like, you know, his dog is sick and any pet owner will, will tell you, you know, I have a cat and if anything happened to the cat, I would be, uh, I would be distraught, you know, at the expense of, uh, of things that might on the surface seem more important, like uh, the running of the ship or things to that effect. Um, there's a lot of good interplay in this episode between Archer and Phlox. You know, a lot of the uh, psychoanalysis and Phlox figuring out that, hey, you know, uh, Archer, you might have a thing for T'Pol. And I find this episode, even at the right at the end, even humanizes T'Pol a little bit, because when they have their last little chat, you know, T'Pol kind of gives that little look saying, yeah, you know, I think I may have a thing for you too. Now, not much really ever comes of that, I believe, but... Uh, well, overall, a really nice little episode, and uh, I guess that's all I have to say. Thank you guys very much. Thanks very much, Joe, for your comments. I, yeah, I agree. This uh, is really a wonderful character episode, and, and it is fun. Uh, you know, even on, like, Galactica and Enterprise and, you know, most shows, uh, uh, episodes that uh, I think I enjoy the most are the ones that, you know, you learn something about the characters along with a storyline going uh, as well. This one turns into pretty much just a character study. I mean, there's a little bit of a story going on in the background and that, but uh, it's a very character episode. And, and you're right, I love the ending scene with T'Pol and, uh, and and just the way she looks at Archer. It's a little hard to convey, I think, in the audio when you hear it, but when you see the episode, uh, you you just see this little look. Uh, you know, Jolene Blaylock, uh, besides being, you know, just beautiful, She's a really good actress, and there's little just nuances that she was able to convey. You know, being a Vulcan, that's always very tricky to do, and I think she does a good job in, in this episode in particular. Uh, we've got one more breaking uh, comment. I just checked my email, and I got another uh, comment about this episode that I'm going to hook on to the show right here. Uh, this is from uh, Wraith on the forums. Eric uh, just sent in a comment about this episode of Enterprise, so I'll play it for you, and then I'll come back with a look at uh, a new uh, item that I got from Diamond Select this week. So here's uh, Wraith's comment about this episode of Enterprise. Hey, what's up, Rico? This is Eric, a.k.a. Wraith1701 from the forum. And uh, I just got finished watching the episode of Enterprise that you're reviewing for a day. And it brought to mind a question that I have for you. And the question is, how do you feel about the increasing sexification of Star Trek? I, mean, I know it's always been a major element of the series. I mean, even today, William Shatner's James Kirk still has a reputation for being one of the, the galaxy's biggest playboys. 
and it uh, continued on into the next generation where we had William Riker who would pretty much try to hump anything with two legs but with Enterprise they really took it up a level I mean they seem to always be finding a reason to have little naked three-way rubdowns in the decontamination booth not that I'm complaining I mean that's one of the, the elements that I actually liked the most about the show it was kind of kind of racy anyway the trend seems to be stepping up a whole lot with this series more so than in the previous series and it continues on to the movies uh, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about you read the Kratasin's document sorry sorry I'm a little on edge I haven't slept very much but I'm doing the breast I the best I can hmm. when you get back to the bridge why don't you send me your lips Lisp. List. Two Pelorians lips within 30 seconds. Interesting. And here are a couple of examples from the new film that just came out. I'm like a Clabian fire tea. Um, three Budweiser classics, two Cardassian sunrises, and. Uh, try the slush oats, good. The slush oats, thank you. There's a lot of drinks, long woman. And a shot of Jack, straight up. I'll make that too, her shots on me. Her shots on her. Thanks, but no thanks. You at least want to know my name before you completely reject me? I'm fine without it. You are fine without it. It's Jim, Jim Kirk. Excuse me, buddy. So, you're a cadet, you're studying, what's your focus? Xenolinguistics. You have no idea what that means. Study of alien languages, morphology, phonology, syntax. Means you've got a talented tongue. I'm impressed. For a moment there, I thought you were just a dumb hick who only has sex with farm animals. Well, not only. <laughs> Lights. Did you just say that is so weird? Yeah, I did, but You don't I... love me, too? Yes. Oh, my roommate. Oh, I thought you said she was gone for the night. Well, obviously she's not. Quick, you've got to just get into bed. I'm, I'm, look, just get into bed. Um, she can't see you. Why not? Because I promised her I'd stop bringing guys back to the room. Well, how many guys have you... Yeah, it seems that uh, with each new iteration, the franchise tends to push that line just a little bit further. Anyway, I was just wondering if you agreed, and if so, what your thoughts on the subject were. Uh, that's all I got. I uh, look forward to hearing back from you, and uh, thanks for putting out such a great podcast and for hosting such a great Star Trek forum. All right, later. Well, thanks for your comments, uh, Eric, uh, about the uh, you know increasing uh, uh, amount of you know things related to relationships, sex, and so forth on uh, the various Star Trek series and, and then into the movies. You know, the simple answer is, is it, it's just the way things are these days. You know, if you look at, at, at television and movies, uh, you know, just look back over the last 40 or 50 years. It, during that time, you know, we've had 40 years or so of Star Trek and also, you know, other entertainment has has just continued this trend you know that it's just being you know it's just kind of rubbing off on, on trek and and frankly trek is, is fairly mild compared to some of the movies and tv that that is uh is shown these days uh so i i you know 
the easy thing again to say is just that it's just representative of of what's going on now you know some people that might bother they they would say maybe that trek that you know that doesn't belong in trek i i myself don't have a problem with it i i i think they do it you know fairly tastefully it never goes extreme uh at all and uh you know what was the movie rated pg-13 and i think that's mostly for you know the action and violence going on in it than any of the the quick little scenes uh you know even the ones you played uh, in the film and enterprise that you know the same situation yeah i think i said when i was talking about the episode yeah they kind of maybe it, it, it's a little exploitive at times you know the decon chamber into paul and the little outfits and you know especially later in the series when when she would have those um little massage sessions with trip to kind of help him and things but again i for me personally I, i'm fine with it I, I don't think it ever really interfered with the story or uh, took place of other things. I, I think it was done well, and it fit. And it's just, you know, Star Trek has always been a little reflective of what's going on in society, and I think it just makes sense. You know, if they put a show where, where out right now or a movie that they didn't touch upon that at all, I think it would be a little unnatural, and I don't think people would understand. You know, they'd be like, hey, that, that girl's pretty cute pretty hot you know wouldn't wouldn't a young jim kirk be going for her i'd say yes Uh, so uh, i'm fine and uh, i think it just makes sense so let's get on to a collectible review and i'm just going to go right into it here Uh, that's just the way i'm rolling right now (laughs) anyway what i want to talk about briefly because the show is getting uh fairly long here uh is new uh out uh just recently the last couple of weeks this item has been a long time in coming it's by diamond select and it is uh, another item in their line of uh, original series uh very nicely done uh prop replicas and this is of the medical tricorder that uh it's just another version of the original series tricorder that you've seen on the series uh the original trek but uh, it's got a lot of great features this is the first time they've ever made this is by a diamond select this is the first time they've ever put out a a full-size one-to-one scale replica of the original series tricorder in a in a toy type form master replicas uh did one uh, a few years back i have that one it, it, it's a beautiful piece but of course fairly expensive there was also a kit by roddenberry uh roddenberry.com that's uh run by uh, gene roddenberry's son you could get a kit there and put that together which i also did which was a, a fun project for one summer but uh, this is again the first time you could pick up a fairly inexpensive uh, you know they're they're i think 25 30 dollars approximately this is an entertainmentearth.com exclusive as far as i know it's the only place you can pick it up uh, i got mine uh, just a couple of days ago and uh, it's got a lot of great features again it's it's built basically in plastic and, and uh, looks very nice it's got a strap on it and all. i'll put pictures up in the gallery and everything like that uh, but when you open it up you'll hear kind of makes a little bit of a click sound when you open up the top head of the tricorder and three little led lights come on uh there are two blues on each side and then a kind of a yellow one in the center that kind of flashes and when you push the first button it makes the uh kind of tricorder sound uh actually sorry that's not really the tricorder sound that's more the uh, the medical monitor sound there's the tricorder sound. That's the second button. And then the third button plays different phrases uh, by Dr. Dr. McCoy.
So they go through uh, it goes through a sequence of those uh, phrases. I don't know, there's seven or eight of them. Pretty good uh, quality on the sound, I think. And, and the neat thing, um, one of the really neat things about this is is it has that uh, spinning more oh did i say that wrong again more more is that how you do it ah, i'm gonna get i'm gonna get mail again about that but anyway when you push the uh, button that spins in the center where it has these little uh, data discs and the bottom of it opens up as well with more data discs displayed there and there's a little space and the other cool thing about this medical tricorder it comes with dr mccoy's little scanner that he would use maybe you can hear this it's fairly quiet I'm not sure if you'll be able to hear that one. But it's that hand scanner that would spin. The only thing I wish this could have done, and I guess it would have been a little more costly and hard to put together, but uh, the uh, the scanner, the hand scanner, doesn't actually spin. There's a little dial on the side of it. You can kind of hand spin it yourself, but there's no motorized mechanism inside. But it does make a little sound. And you can actually put that inside the bottom of the tricorder, and uh, which uh, was, you know, there's a little compartment there to hold it. So you can close that inside, which is uh, also something that uh, you could see occasionally that uh, being used for that purpose on the show. And it all closes up real well. There is the typical uh, medical, you know, display on the, the face of it. And there's a little light behind it, although it's kind of more lighted on the right-hand side of it. It's not fully lit as well as it could have been, perhaps. I'm not really sure why. seems like another LED on the left-hand side would have, would have worked for that. But it's a great piece. If, if you're an original series fan like I am, uh, or you, you just like a good built uh, replica like this, uh, definitely pick it up. Go over to entertainmentearth.com. I actually picked up a couple of them, one to kind of open and play with and another one to kind of keep in the box, at least for now. So that's uh, my very brief review of the new medical tricorder by Diamond Select. Want to contribute to the weekly podcast with audio comments? Send them in to treksf at gmail.com or visit www.treksinsci-fi.com. Treks and Sci-Fi. Okay, folks, uh, time for me to split and get out of here, get this edited and up online for all of you to enjoy. Uh, Please do check the website. Uh, I've got a new podcast schedule list coming up uh, of uh, or uh, of coming up shows uh, that will be. Uh, you'll find that on the main webpage. It's also been listed on the forums. Next week again will be that fandom special about. Uh, uh, fandom films. We're going to talk a lot about the Peg Warmers uh, show, DVD movie that uh, I was talking about earlier, and, and other fan films and little things like that. So that should be fun. And again, you can check the schedule over at treksinsci-fi.com. And I always appreciate getting comments from people about the various shows and topics. And even, you know, keep in mind, it doesn't have to be that exactly. If you've just seen a, a recent TV show or movie, you know, that you want to talk about or maybe read a book uh, that you want to send in a brief two- or three-minute review, try to keep them into, you know, no more than three minutes is great. Uh, just send them on in. I'd love to get some more book reviews, even if it's just uh, maybe a comic book that you've read or, or whatever. Uh, always great to get participation and things like that. I know it's sometimes during the summer things get a little... Uh, Uh, busy for people they take vacations and it gets a little harder to do this kind of stuff so uh, you know just send them in when you can and uh, i'd be happy to play them on the show that's uh, i think it 
let's get out of here and uh, wrap this up. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. I appreciate it. Check out iTunes. Put a review up, if you could, for Treks and Sci-Fi, and tell your friends to listen. Uh, always great to have some new people, and we've got a lot of new ones on the forum, so check that out if you haven't been on the forum in a while. Come on back. We're all still there. <laughs> Bye-bye for now. Talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. podcast is released under Creative Commons uh, License 3.0. Feel free to pass it on to your friends. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>